Can the church say amen? Can the church say praise the Lord? Can the church say hallelujah? What a blessing today to know that God has done marvelous things. He's done marvelous things and we can praise his name. And you know he's yet going to do marvelous things. And we can praise him in advance for all the great things he's going to do in our lives. We bless and honor his holy name today. For he truly has done marvelous things. And for that we're glad. Amen. Amen. We give honor to God today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank him for this beautiful day. For allowing us to be here to worship. Thank God for Sister Angel leading us in devotion. And Brother Eric and Brother David on the music. And the ushers on the floor. And all of you who are here today. Thank God for your presence. And it's just good to be at Shadydale again. We thank God for you. Continuing in our theme today, the Christian experience. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to begin reading at verse 1. When you find it, say amen. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. Isaiah 40 and verse 1 we read. It says, comfort, yes, comfort my people says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For New Testament passage of Scripture today, we're going to look at the Gospel of St. John, John chapter 9. We're going to begin reading at verse 13. John's Gospel, chapter 9. We're going to begin reading at verse 13. When you find it, say amen. John chapter 9 and verse 13, we read. It says, They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. Until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked him saying, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. 
This morning, I want to share with us briefly from the subject, the Christian experience. It has to be personal. It has to be personal. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bless your holy name. And we thank you, Lord, for your eternal word. For your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. We pray that we will hide these words in our heart that we might not sin against you, Lord. Bless your people today who have come to worship you in song and worship you in prayer. And now we want to worship you in the sharing of your eternal word. Bless your people today in the name of Jesus. Let your word go forth that it will accomplish Lord, your eternal will, Lord. Anoint me your servant that I will share your word today in the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord. We will be thankful. For it's in the name of Jesus we thank you. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject today is the Christian experience. It has to be personal. And I hope that each time we share from this theme that you're looking at your own life, your own journey, and the people you meet and the things you do and the places you go, because I want us to understand that we're Christian, meaning that we must be Christ-like every day of our lives, not just Sunday morning. I know I keep saying it that way because I want us to really have this in our hearts, that we want to live a Christ-like life every day. Uh, not to impress somebody else, but to know that you have peace with God. See, when you have peace with God, you can go anywhere. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else does, because you have your own personal Christian experience. You have to depend on what other people say. You know, as I've said many times, it's like buying a ticket and going to a, to a game and then sitting on the outside and waiting for what all your friends are going to say about the game. Now, you could go in yourself. You can hear the band play. You can, you know, see the guys score or cross the goal line or hit the basket or hit the soccer goal, whatever, whatever it might be. If you had to play or at the movie theater, you can tell your own story about how the movie went, how you feel about it. But if you don't go on the inside, if you don't know for yourself, you're just depending on, on hearsay. You know what they say about hearsay. You can tell one person on this side. And it'll go up and down and around. And by the time we get over here, it's a totally different story. You need to know for yourself. And we're talking about today, the Christian experience. It has to be personal. I want us to have this personal experience with Jesus so that no matter what goes on in life, we can know him for ourselves. Look at our Old Testament passage of scripture in Isaiah 40. This gives a pattern that God's plan, a pattern for God's plan for our lives. It said in Isaiah 40, verse 1, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. God's plan was that your sins might be forgiven. You don't have to live worried about the things you've done in the past anymore because Jesus Christ has come so that your sins could be forgiven. And it says uh, double for all our sins. In other words, in the church of God, we teach you know, being saved and being sanctified. Being filled with God's Holy Spirit, his presence is, is, is transforming you more and more of his image. See, when, when, when Adam died, when Adam sinned in the garden, he died spiritually. But Christ came that you might live spiritually. To the sake, the serpent said to Eve, you won't surely die. It was a subtle trick, you know, to, to make sure that, that, that she yielded to the plan that the enemy had. He wanted to destroy the plan of God. 
But God's plan that you have life and what? Have it more abundantly. Double for all your sins. Then the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. No matter where you are on this journey, you can start living for Jesus right now. You don't have to wait for a certain day or a certain time or a certain age. You can start right now. Walking up the king's highway. It says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places move. On this journey, there are going to be some difficulties, some mountains that you're going to have to climb. The only way you're going to get there is if you go over this mountain. And sometimes we sing the song, you know, Lord, you know, don't move my mountain, but give me the strength to climb. You have to climb some of these mountains in this life. You can also speak to the mountain, say, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the midst of the sea. But on this journey, you're going to have some crooked places, too. Times when you're not going to know what to do, which way to turn. But trust that God knows how to get you from here to there. And believe that you can make it. And it says says the rough place is smooth. There are going to be some rough places. Times are just going to be hard and you're just not going to know how to make it. But trust in the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. It says, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, you're not going through these trials for nothing. God's going to get the glory out of your life. You may be sick or you may be going through pain or you may be without a job. or You may not know what you're going to do tomorrow, but God's glory is going to be revealed. See, that scripture says it shall be revealed. There's no question about it. You don't have to doubt that God's going to be glorified through whatever you're going through right now. If you put your life in his hand. Now, if you keep doing what you want to do, you're trying to get the glory. See, God's not going to share his glory with anything and anybody. You're going to have to do what he wants you to do. Submit your life to his plan, and then his glory will be revealed. And then you don't have to tell a whole lot of people because everybody's going to see how good God has been to you and me when we give our lives in service to him. We're talking about the Christian experience, church. This, this, this experience is not a boring life. I don't care what nobody say. If you're living a Christian life, it's not going to be a boring life. It's going to be a journey. You're going to be able to tell a story like nobody else can tell of how God has brought you through, how God has made a way in, how God has made your life different and better. Because you're living your life for him. We're talking about the Christian experience. And I want you to know it has to be personal. Look at our New Testament passage of scripture in the Gospel of St. John. John's Gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Yes, he came and lived here on earth, but he was God himself. And when you believe in God, you have life. For John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. See, the enemy came to try to steal that life. But when you believe in him, you have everlasting life. You don't have to fear as you go through this journey. You can trust in God and know that he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. Our text of scripture today is taking place in John chapter 9. And as we talked last time about this is the story of the blind man who was born blind. And we know how Jesus bent over and he took the mud and he placed it on his eyes and told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. 
And he went and washed and he came back seeing. As we continue the story, we find out that in this story that the people still did not believe what had happened to him. That's why I want to say today that it has to be personal. And we know that there's a saying that people say, don't take things so personally. Because they don't want you to get upset and mad about certain things. Don't take it it so hard. Don't take it so personally. But the Christian experience, it has to be personal. You can't depend on other people's feelings, other people's circumstances, what other people say. Because you've got to know Jesus for yourself. And, the, and, you know, as an old song used to say, no, you weren't there. You don't know when and you don't know where. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. It has to be a personal experience. And depending on mom and dad's religion and depending on the pastor and the choir's religion, it's not going to be enough for you. There will be days on this journey where the choir won't be singing. The preacher might be out of town. Your mom might be in another state. But you're going to need to know Jesus for yourself. And today I want to challenge you to make sure that this this relationship with Christ is a personal one. You need to know him for yourself. There are three things in this passage of scripture today I want us to reflect on as we recognize that it has to be personal. The first thing I want us to see is that it has to be personal because they just won't understand. They just won't understand. Look at John chapter 9 and verse 13. It says, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The Pharisees also asked him again, how had he received his sight? He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. And I want to understand that many times we can tell people this story over and over again. How the Lord saved me. How he made my life new. You know, I, I, I don't see things the way I used to see them. I see things in a different light now because God has changed my life. And yet, you have friends who still just won't understand. How you, how you deal with that? How, how can you take it when people talk about you? How do you handle it when, when nobody is on your side and you stand by yourself? How do you handle it when, when you, why do you get up in the morning and go to that same old church that your grandma and used to go to and you're still going? They may not understand why. But when you know for yourself what the Lord has done for you, it don't matter if they don't understand. You can talk to you blue in the face, but they still don't understand what God has done in your life. And see, my story is different than your story. I got to walk my own path with Christ. But you got a story to tell about what the Lord has done for you. Look at these people. They brought him who was blind to the Pharisees. Now see, the fact that he was blind and now see should have been enough for them to accept the fact that he had been healed. But here they are again bringing him to the Pharisees. Now what what the Pharisees going to do? Complain, talk about him, wonder how it happened, you know, wonder why they didn't get the credit for it. You know how people do that? If they got the credit, then everything is fine. But because you got the credit, they want to understand how did that happen? 
I don't know how that happened, but, but because you the one that did it, or somebody else did it because they didn't get the credit, they wondering how it happened. We're talking about the Christian experience. It has to be personal. You need to make this a personal thing because people won't understand. And look what they go on to say. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. It was, they come with all kinds of reasons of why this shouldn't happen. It was a certain day of the week. Or you, you live on the wrong side of town. Or you're not tall enough. You're not fast enough. You're not pretty enough. All kinds of reasons of why you shouldn't have what you have or shouldn't know what you know. Sometimes they just don't understand. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. So they're still wondering. Still trying to come up with a formula of how this thing works. But see, we know we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus don't have to tell us how he did it, but knowing that he did it was enough for me. One song said, any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. We don't need to tell everybody how things happen. We just need to let be a witness that God did it. He made a difference in my life. So he goes on to tell them, it was this simple. He put clay on my eyes. I washed and I see. In other words, I read the word of God. I did what it said, and it changed my life. That's how simple it is to understand that this personal relationship we have with Jesus Christ. It's according to your faith. God has given everybody a measure of faith. So you use your faith to live the Christian life. You ain't got to prove to everybody how things happen. Just know for yourself how it happened and when it happened and that it happened. Because they just won't understand. Look at Matthew chapter 15 and verse 12. You need to realize that some people just won't understand. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 12 said, Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my father as not planted, will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind, leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. See, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time worrying about what they're going to be talking about. It. Why they don't understand. It. Why are they trying to figure out what you're doing? You keep living for God. Keep living for Christ. And let them go on their merry way. Because if they fall, you don't have to fall with them. You can stand for Jesus. What did the scripture say? After doing all to stand, stand. Because you know in your own mind what God has done for you. People are going to be offended. They're going to say what they want to say. But you need to understand for yourself that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're talking today about the Christian experience. It has to be personal. The second thing I want to see in this scripture today is others will always have something to say. It has to be personal because others will always have something to say. Look at verse 16, John chapter 9, 16. It says, therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. 
Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. See, other people are going to always have something else to say. They're going to always wonder. You can tell them the plain truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and they're going to still have something else to say. But we need to make sure that this is a personal relationship with Christ because other people are going to always have something to say. I always have something else for you to do. And it might not be necessarily bad or wrong or evil, but it might not be what God told you to do. If God told you to sit on the second row, and somebody else said, well, you need to go sit in the back. Well, guess what? You need to sit on the second row until the Lord tell you to do something else. Because other people will always have something else to say for, for you to do. You can get up and go to the second, into the last row, and then somebody else come in and say, well, I usually sit there. I usually park there. That's my favorite seat. You do what God told you to do because there's always going to be somebody else who have something else to say. I mean, look at what these, what these people are saying. They said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Now, if God made every day, he can do whatever he want to do. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. This is our father's world. So he can pick whatever. He did whatever. He rested on the Lord's day, on the seventh day. After he made the world, so he can do whatever he want to do. He can turn the whole world upside down if he decide to. We couldn't stop him. So it doesn't matter what others have to say. And it says, then others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? See, they're always asking questions. Always wondering how that could be. Well, if he was a sinner, how would he do that? How could he? Why would a sinner want to heal the heal the blind? Think about it for a, just, just think about it for a moment. Open up your spiritual mind and see that God is doing great things. And he said, and there was a division among them. So you can't get very far when there's a vision. Because there's always somebody saying something on this side, somebody saying something on that side, somebody behind saying something else, somebody in front trying to lead you another direction. Don't worry about what others have to say because they're going to always have something to say. We need to focus on what God has for us and work on that. So the third thing, and let's look at, uh, let's look at one more scripture. Psalm verses one, Psalm number one. Very familiar passage of scripture. Help us understand that we don't need to be worried about what others have to say. Psalm number one, verses one through three says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever 
he does shall prosper. See, this, is how, this is the kind of mindset that you and I have to have in this Christian journey. We can't be worrying about what others have to say because they don't always have something else to say. The scornful, they're going to always talk trash. You know, they talk about haters. They're always going to be hating. They don't even know why. They just, oh, they're just, they're just standing there, standing on the sidelines, talking trash. Probably because they want to have what you have. The peace and the joy of the Lord. Knowing what you're going to do tomorrow because you're going to live for Christ. Whether you live or die, you're going to live for Christ. Some people live for Christ because everybody else is doing it. As long as everybody else is doing it, they're okay. But as soon as it gets hard and difficult and everybody stops, then they're going to stop too. You can't live by what others say. You may end up in the worst place. And then that's like, how did I get here? Because you was doing what other people told you to do. But if you do like yourself in the law of the Lord, whatever you do is going to prosper. Because you have decided to make this thing personal. The third thing and the last thing today is loved ones will disappoint you. It has to be personal because loved ones will disappoint you. Look at verse 19, John chapter 9 and verse 19. So they go to his parents now and it says, and they asked them saying, is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. See, sometimes the people you love the most, your family, even your parents, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, they, may, they don't even understand sometimes what God is doing in your life. Because, you know, they remember when you were born. They can talk about the first time mama brought you home. But if you know Jesus for yourself, you know what he's doing on the inside of you. I believe in my heart that God reveals his plan to us throughout our lives. And we have a choice to say, yes, Lord, or no, you know, I, I, I'm worried about what mom and them will say. I'm, I'm worried about what all my friends are going to say. I'm worried about what my cousins are going to say. And then we decide to go whatever direction we go. I'll never forget, my Uncle Calvin told me many years ago, said, you are where you are in life because of the decisions you have made. You make decisions. You choose to follow the crowd or follow what God has for you. And when you get in trouble, guess what the crowd going to do? They're going to disperse. They're going to find all the exits. In the meantime, they'll make an exit just to get away from you. Help me, Holy Ghost. And we see in this passage of scripture that even this man's parents, and I know they loved him, but even this man's parents decided that they were going to disappoint their son and save themselves. And I want us to realize that even, you know, if your parents should disappoint you or, or your cousins should disappoint you, don't take that personal. Just know who you are and what God is doing for you. Because you've got to love your enemies and your friends. 
Because they might be under some pressure that you may not know they're under. So these, his parents said, they didn't even know how he got healed. So what did they say? Ask him. There he is right there. Go ahead and ask him. Go ask him. And the reason they said this was because they was worried about the Jews putting them out of the synagogue too. So if they're going to worry about themselves, you need to worry about your life. Jesus said, no, don't be worried about other people. You got to stand before me yourself. One day judgment day is going to come. And we are going to have to stand before God for ourselves. And see, his parents were worried about the people. Instead of worrying about the one who made them. So they said, go ask him. He's of age. He's old enough to tell you what happened. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So sometimes our loved ones will even disappoint us. So this relationship with Christ has to be personal. Look at Luke chapter 14 as we close. Luke 14, verse 25. It says, now great multitudes were with him. And he turned and said to them, Luke 14 and verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. See, we have to make this thing personal, church. We can't look to our friends and our neighbors and other people and the pastor and the teachers and all the other folks about our Christian experience. We have to make it personal because people will disappoint you. And you don't know when that day is going to come. You have to know Christ for yourself so you can be ready whenever he calls on you. And say, yes, Lord, I, you, you, are my, you are my king. And I'm your child. And wherever you send me, I'll go. I want to do your will. You got to make this thing personal. And this hatred is not so much where you despise them, but you would rather have Jesus than anything else. That you love God and want to keep his commandments so you can be his disciple. We're talking today about the Christian experience. It has to be personal. Let us stand.